Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to the 209th ever show of all around sports reach friday at 1 p.m eastern time we broadcast live from boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to join the show the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144 or you can email me at iir at comcast.net which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com Well, today is our annual college football preview, and for that we will be joined in just a few minutes by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. But first I want to discuss covering my first ever ladies golf event, which was the Symmetra Tours WB Mason Championship at Thorny Lee Golf Club in nearby Brockton, Massachusetts the home of legendary boxer Rocky Marciano. And these women staged quite a fight in their own right, with Vicki Hurst from Melbourne, Florida, pulling away in the final round to win by three strokes at 13 under par, which was her first win since 2008. The event was great. I was there Saturday and Sunday, and it was just... uh, First-class event, very professionally handled, and boy, could these women play. They were just uh, terrific, numerous uh, players under par, as I just mentioned. The winning score was 13 under par, and uh, it was a spectacular weather weekend as well. Warm up here in the Boston area, but it just made for better golf. And the way the Symmetra Tour works is the top 10 Uh, finishers for the year uh, get their card to play on the LPGTA Tour next year. So it's a very, very uh, interesting and competitive uh, tour, to say the least. Uh, Very impressed and just wanted to say that I thought uh, tournament director Robbie Thompson and uh, public relations professional Brett Lasky did a terrific job uh, overseeing this tournament and a uh, beautiful golf course and just a wonderful weekend. So it was great to uh, get that under my belt and uh, again watch these ladies play golf, which was really, really a treat. Well, now it is time for our annual college football preview and on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., how are you doing today? I'm doing great, John. How are you? 
I'm doing great, thank you. Uh, appreciate you calling in as always, and uh, the time of year that we most love is just about upon us. Uh, college football season, you can just feel it in the air, literally, despite the fact uh, it's warm, even up here in Boston, but uh, can't wait to get started, and I know you feel the same way. Yeah, college football, my favorite season, John, and it's just so much fun at the beginning of the year. You're trying to project and predict who will be there standing at the end. And each year it's a surprise. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, there's tons of polls come out this time of year, as we both know, but no matter what poll it is, uh, every poll that I've seen and I'm aware of has Ohio state as the absolute consensus number one pick they're the defending national champions and i had the pleasure of watching them win the national championship in dallas last january and uh why wouldn't they be the number one pick urban Myers, their coach they had three quarterbacks now they have two with the other one braxton miller who was uh, one of the best players in the country before he got injured just a couple of years ago as their quarterback uh has gone on to play wide receiver, H-back, if you will. But uh, they still have Cardell Jones, who went on a historic three-game run to lead him to the national championship. And, of course, uh, J.T. Barrett, who got injured in the, uh, at the end of the year in the Michigan game. Uh, but up to then, as he was filling in for Braxton Miller, he became one of the best players in the country and was, in fact, being mentioned for the Heisman. So, a wealth of riches for Ohio State. Yeah, John, I mean, when you come into a season and, and you have the luxury of selecting some a number of quarterbacks that you know are winners, I mean, that's that's amazing that you can do that. At this stage of, the, of college football, when most of the time these quarterbacks, they're looking for a school where they can be the the starter and not have very much competition. You know, Urban Meyer, he's done great with college quarterbacks, you know, at Florida, Utah, and now Ohio State. So when you have a quarterback, you can be in contention for the national championship every year. You know, Urban Meyer, he knows how to coach his team to the championship level. And then on defense, you have both. You know, both set on the defensive line, the anchors that defensive line. They were strong last year. They developed over the course of the season. They got better each week. And at the end of the season, of course, they were excellent. They sure were. They just looked unbeatable uh, against, obviously, a very, very good Oregon team with the Heisman Trophy winner, uh, Marcus Mariota. And then, of course, in the semifinal game, you were there. Nobody knows better than you how good they what, how good they were and what a role they were on. Uh, since you were at the Sugar Bowl when they beat Alabama in the one of the two national semifinal games, uh, I'm sure it's a game you'll never forget being at. No, they dominated up front. Um, they're off the line. I think for the last four games, uh, the running back had over 200 yards. They were the unsung hero, I believe, the offensive line for Ohio State. They led them to the championship, although they didn't get as much of the credit, but they should have. And, and Ohio State's always been noted for having good football teams that are, can run at the point of attack, you know, very powerful. So, you know, I, I think they'll continue that with that band of football this year as well. 
Oh, I agree. I agree. It's going to be fun to watch. And, uh, yeah, ESPN did a great uh, special E60, I believe, on uh, Ezekiel Elliott, the star running back for Ohio State, who simply took over the college football playoff. You, you saw what he did in the Alabama game. I saw what he did in the national championship game, and he was absolutely dominant. It was really, really well done. Uh, you know, fascinating character. I didn't realize, you know, both his parents went to Missouri. He's from the St. Louis suburb. So the pressure on him to go to Mizzou was overwhelming. And uh, yet he chose Ohio State. And I think, you uh, he, you know, the Urban Meyer factor is just so large. And uh, it really is. And But, you know, there's a player, you know, that... Uh, it feels like the sky's the limit because what he did last year was just eye-popping in those last two games, to say the least. Plus the, plus the Big Ten championship game. That was, uh, that was sort of his coming out party a little bit when he really, like, I, I think went over, for, went over 200 that game, and that was just a sign of things to come in the next two games. Yeah, he, he's a combination of power and speed. And those are two things that give defensive coordinators, you know, sleepless nights. And, you know, when you control the football as well as Ohio State did at the end of the season, and, you know, you have that balance, it's very difficult to defend. And Urban Meyer, he's he a really offensive-minded coach. And he does a fabulous job getting his team prepared, especially for the bowl games. Exactly, exactly. And, uh, you know, he, he's a... Dare I say, more mellow Urban Meyer. We're all familiar with his medical history, work ethic, shall we say, and all of that and how he left Florida and, uh, you know, came to Ohio State, and, where he's from, by the way. He grew up in Ohio. And, uh, and you know, he he's just seems to have put life in perspective. I had the pleasure after that national championship to – be literally five feet away from him uh, on numerous occasions as he sort of just soaked it all in on the stage and on the field. And he just looked, you know, serene, which is not a word that anybody would have attached to Urban Meyer before last January. But yet there he was and, you know, the sense of satisfaction was overwhelming. So he's, you know, he changed. He started, you know, really doing a lot more family time and just really seemed to put the whole coaching thing into perspective. And, you know, what has come out the other side? We all know he's a great coach. He won one, if not two, national championships at Florida. But intense beyond in intense. And uh, But now he's come out the other side, you know, with more balance in his life. And he seems just better than ever, right? Yes, and... and I think, John, when when you're relaxed as a individual, I think your team it, it plays in relaxed mode as well. You know, they play with more confidence. They're not uptight. You're not tending to make the mistakes, and you just play a better band of football when your when your coach seems confident and relaxed. I mean, I think it plays out on the field. Yes, and let's not forget because the Ezekiel Elliott show touched on this. You know that. Uh, one of their players committed suicide right before, I believe, the Big Ten championship game. And 
for Urban Meyer to take that horrific situation and somehow turn it around to put them on, you know, a historic three-game run to the national championship. Let's not forget they were very iffy as to whether or not they'd be among the final four. Very iffy. Um, is really just amazing. I think it just tells you all about Urban Meyer and how he has obviously changed and, you know, put things in perspective because he clearly had to be doing that to get that team ready for the final three games of the year, no question. Yeah, he's a master psychologist. He's very attentive to all the details. And he's one of the few coaches that I've said many times that if Ohio State's on your schedule, you fear that game because you know that he's capable of putting on putting on a team on the field that's fabulous. And, you know, he's done it at everywhere he's coached. I mean, everywhere, uh, Utah, Florida, and Ohio State, and recruits nationally, and he gets his players to uh, have their peak performance at the end of the year. Absolutely. Well, he's risen into, you know, quickly rising into, you know, if he's not already there, Mike Krzyzewski territory, where he just, you know, the coach of Duke, obviously, in basketball, where, you know, the best players just want to go there. You know, he's clearly... You know, right there with Nick Saban now, and and I think those two are, you know, the towering figures in college football coaching at this point. I I, I feel like it's those two, and then there's a next level down. But those two are right now dominant, and again, you saw the semifinal game when they went head-to-head, and something tells me that's the, uh, not the last time they'll be meeting in high-profile games. No, I don't think so. It's, it, it could be um, something that happens uh, maybe every other year with, if uh, Nick Saban stays at Alabama and Urban Meyer stays at Ohio State. Uh, they recruit some of the same players, and uh, they're just great coaches. Yes, they are. They they really are. And again, you know, I had the pleasure of, you know, staying across the street in Dallas from the Ohio State Hotel where I spent a lot of my time uh, for the college football playoff weekend, which was extraordinary, first ever. And, you know, so I really got the, you know, the Buckeye Nation up close and personal. It's where the team stayed. I literally watched them come in off the bus when they arrived in Dallas. Uh, I grew up near Penn State, as I've said many times on this show, so I understand Ohio State football, there's obviously a huge natural rivalry, geographic, but it was even heightened when Penn State joined the Big Ten. I actually, one of the first games I ever covered in my life as a journalist was Ohio State and Woody Hayes at Penn State's Beaver Stadium in like 1977, fresh out of college, and it was something I'll never forget. But I got to tell you, my point is simply, you know, I really gained a, a newfound respect for Ohio State and, you know, Buckeye Nation, just the whole bit. I really liked them. You know, what, what hit me when I was physically there, AP, and you'll appreciate this, you know, I'm sure you find this with Auburn, knowing you cover Alabama, is just, you know, first and foremost, they're exactly like people from Pennsylvania. That's the first thing that jumped right out at me. <laughs> so so I naturally liked them. And, uh it just means so much to them. It just does. Uh, they may have two pro NFL teams there, but Ohio State football rules, i.e., 
witness LeBron James on the sideline of that national championship game. Let's yeah, that tells you all you need to know right there. And you know, it was just fun. Again, I gained a certain you know respect for Ohio State uh, that you know I didn't have only because you know I grew up in Pennsylvania and therefore they were a rival, but. Once I separated out and just enjoyed the weekend and was around tons of Buckeye fans, and for that matter, the team, I just really liked everything about it, what I saw, what I witnessed, all the people I interacted with from Ohio, and uh, it was wonderful. It really was. Uh, So, you know, like I said, I finally got the Ohio State thing once and for all, and I won't soon forget it. No, and I think what they did as the marquee team of the Big Ten right now, they beat the name in the Southeastern Conference, Alabama. So they relieved everyone in the nation by, by beating Alabama when it counted. I mean, you know, Alabama had been in the Sugar Bowl year before, lost to Oklahoma, but it wasn't for any type of championship. But to, to knock down Alabama when they were playing for the you know, potential championship, I think that that turned heads and eyes around the country that the SEC is not infallible and they could be beat. Exactly. Yes, well said. Well, AP, we covered the number one team pretty thoroughly, uh, the number one predicted team, shall I say, and uh, why don't we take our break now? Uh, But on the other side, we have a lot more teams to get to. I'm kind of going to go off the... Sports Illustrated rankings, which I have right in front of me as a subscriber since I was like, you know, eight years old, literally. Uh, One of the best days of the year, the day I literally run the fastest to the mail since I was a kid, right up through uh, a week or two ago is (laughs) when the Sports (laughs) Illustrated college football preview arrives. It's just something I grew up with, always loved. Back in the day, you know, it was... uh, to see where Penn State would be ranked, this was you know this was how you found out <laughs> by, run, by running to the mailbox, and, and then you would know in August you know how good Penn State was going to be, and at least in the national, uh, in, in the national eyes. So uh, always fun. But why don't we take our break now, and we'll get to some of their other uh, top ten teams on the other side. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine, from the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week. Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1 888 346 9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports, and I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at IIR at Comcast.net. And it's uh, our annual college football preview, and with us, as always, is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And, A.P., we're digging into the Sports Illustrated college football rankings, and number two, we just talked about Ohio State extensively as being the literal consensus, Sports Illustrated and beyond, number one, defending national champions. But they give the final four, and uh, in addition to Ohio State at number one, they have Auburn at number two, TCU at number three, Notre Dame at number four, and then Alabama on the bubble at number five. Uh, Why don't we talk a little Auburn, a team you know well, because you do and have worked for a while with Bama Magazine. So uh, I got to tell you, I was a little surprised when I saw that. I would have probably expected to see Alabama, but... uh, there they have Auburn and their, uh, you know, their new new quarterback, who obviously they must think the world of if they're putting him in at, uh, you know, number two, and he hasn't played a game yet. Yeah, John, I'm surprised that they're as high as number two, although there's some people who are picking them to win the conference. You know, they have a new quarterback, Jeremy Johnson, and I think he's very talented, uh, he could have played Division One basketball. He's six foot five plus. He's got a strong arm. He can elude the rush, and I think he fits Gus Malzahn's system very well. Uh, also, you have a young running back Rock Thomas, who's pretty talented, and uh, I think he'll be a good addition to the team. You know, get more carries this season. And then there's Duke Williams, the, the wide receiver, big, strong wide receiver, big, fast junior college player, came in last year, made a big splash, 45 catches for 730 yards. He's an excellent player. Uh, so Auburn's always going to be able to score points under Gus Malzahn. And it's the big question mark beside the quarterback position will be the defense. And they brought in defensive coordinator extraordinaire Will Muschamp. So... I think they'll improve. Uh, Kyle Lawson's a good defensive lineman. They have a couple of good linebackers, Gaskin, McKenzie, and Chris Frost. But that's the big question mark. 
I think really in the conference is how well will Auburn's defense play with Will Muschamp as the coordinator. I agree. That's a huge, huge addition. I mean, that's where Will Muschamp cut his teeth was the longtime defensive coordinator at Texas under uh, Mac Brown, of course. Uh, won the national championship, of course, in the epic victory over USC a few years back. Uh, and let me just stand corrected. J- Jeremy Johnson has been a backup for a couple of years and has played, um, but not much. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah, as we both know, with uh, you know where they were at quarterback, uh, which has been in good hands to say the least, uh, with Nick Marshall the past few years, but. Uh, yeah, and Duke Johnson. I remember watching him in some of those games last year. I mean, he is—he's a beast. Uh, reminds me of Calvin Johnson, as a matter of fact, and uh, from the Detroit Lions and formerly Georgia Tech. And uh, yeah, he's—you know—Auburn is just uh, got Gus Malzahn's done a nice job. Nobody needs to tell you that. You know it better than anyone. You've witnessed so many of these games, and including one of the greatest endings in college football history. A couple of years ago with the kickoff return, sorry to bring that up, but, you know, the Alabama-Auburn game, just each year, you can make an argument it's the game of the year, uh, you know, and it just seems to be coming more and more like, you know, the game of the year, and I, I'm even saying that over like, you know, what was, you know, uh, it used to be kind of Ohio State, Michigan, maybe USC, UCLA, but I don't think many people could argue in the last few years, you know, think back to Cam Newton, Auburn, Alabama games, you know, they're, they're epic. And reminds me of Penn, Pitt, Penn State in the 1980s when three or four years in a row, their game basically determined who was going to be number one uh, at the end of the season. And I think Alabama and Auburn have, have reached that level now consistently. Yeah I, think, yeah, I think so, John. I think that could be. The scenario at the end of the season, uh, Auburn opens up in Atlanta against Louisville. They have to face LSU in September the 19th, so that'll be a a test for them early, those two games. And then they have a favorable situation at the end of the year, Georgia and Alabama visiting Auburn. Okay. Wow. Uh, (laughs) Favorable. Uh, in one regard, they're at home, uh, but interesting with Georgia, you and I have talked about, you know, Alabama travels to Georgia, who's obviously in the SEC East and in fact, the favorite for the SEC East. And so Georgia's, uh, playing the heavyweights, heavyweights from the SEC West this year. That's pretty interesting. If Georgia gets, gets there, they're going to earn it. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, Georgia, they they have an excellent running back. You know, Nick Chubb, over 1,500 yards. They're in the same situation that so many teams are at this time of the year. They don't have an established quarterback. So there's three candidates, and the new offensive coordinator, Brian Schottenheimer, he's, he's not going to make a quick decision. They're still sorting things out, and, and they're looking for the quarterback to throw the ball down the field. He's, he's not looking for a game manager. He's looking for someone to make some plays uh, down the field. And he, and he said he's going to, once he makes that decision, he's going to stick with that person, even if they make some mistakes early in the season. Well, exactly. Well, they have a great coach in Mark Richt. And, you know, I remember when Todd Gurley was hurt, uh, 
or suspended, whatever it was last year, and all of a sudden, who shows up? I'm watching the game live, but Nick Chubb at running back, and he just absolutely dominates. And, you know, it was one of those classic, you know, rich get richer moments, so to speak, or, you know, just <laughs> the depth. I mean, within two, three carries, I just said, oh, my gosh, this guy's like yeah, as good as Todd Gurley, period. They're, to say they're not missing a beat would be an understatement. Uh, he, he did something outrageous that day, maybe ran for 200 yards or peeled off a long run, whatever, in his first carry, something like that. But anyway, uh, it should be interesting. Um, well, Auburn, Alabama, we'll, we'll be looking forward to that, as we always do. And number three is TCU, which is interesting, and their star quarterback. This is a team not looking for a quarterback. Uh, you know, uh, Trevon Boykin, uh, he's terrific, and, you know, I think everybody, given the way everything played out last year with the selection committee, TCU and Baylor being left out on the bubble, we all know about how that all worked out. No Big 12 championship game. And uh, so, you know, they got left out. And, you know, the, it's still reverberating. But, you know, TCU has been a very quality team under Gary Patterson for the last number of years. Won the Rose Bowl a few years back. And, uh you know, I, for one, my first reaction, I was glad to see him. It's like, you know, it'd be nice to see one of the two make it this year without question, you know, on merit or without any, quote, debate, so to speak, that they just, you know, get in there because it just feels like unfinished business a little bit from last year. Yeah, they have an excellent quarterback, Heisman Trophy candidate, dual threat, Trevon uh, Boykin, set some records last year. Uh you hope nothing happens to him when you have so much of your offense predicated on his ability. Uh, Gary Patterson, excellent defensive coach. He has to show up that back seven, I believe. You know, improve. You know, get some get some more players there. But you know, TCU. No one would be surprised if they were one of the four teams left at the end of the year in the playoff. Oh, exactly, I wouldn't either. And the number four team that they pick is none other than Notre Dame team you saw and know well when Alabama trounced them in the last BCS National Championship game. Uh, interesting team. Again, I was a little surprised to see them at number four, uh, you know, as in in the college football playoff, four teams make it. And, you know, their former quarterback, Everett Golson, who got them to that National Championship game a couple years ago against Alabama, undefeated up to that point. And then... Uh, but, you know, suspended, transfers to Florida State. And then Malik Zaire is this year's quarterback. He burst onto the scene in the bowl game last year. And, again, I found it surprising and interesting that they would be ranked number four. I mean, there's the jury's still out on Malik Zaire based on, you know, really just the one game, so to speak. Yeah, John, I think this this is a, a a real reach to place Notre Dame so high. Uh, not to say that a first year quarterback can't win championships. We've seen that happen with you know Greg McElroy, Cam Newton, and Jameis Winston. So that can occur. But you know, defensively, Notre Dame gave up so many points last year. I think it was over over thirty in the last seven. I guess it was, and they play a difficult schedule. So. To, I'm not saying that they can't achieve uh, greatness this season, but I think to 
put them at that high in the beginning of the season, you're you're overreaching. Well, exactly, exactly. Uh, it's going to be interesting. They're coming to Boston November 21st for a game at Fenway Park against Boston College, where Notre Dame is, in fact, the home team, uh, which has created a fascinating uh, ticket situation up here in Boston. Uh, it's the hottest ticket in this city in 2015, for sure. Last I heard, they were all going for over 400. It's part of what the Irish call the Shamrock Series. Uh, so that's going to be fascinating. And, uh, you know, I, for one, you know, would find it interesting to see them uh, come in still fighting for a playoff spot, so to speak. That would just elevate what is all go- already going to be a big-time event. Uh, by the way, it's the first football game at Fenway Park since, I believe, uh, the New England Patriots, remember them, uh, <laughs> played at Fenway Park in the early 60s as, you know, when they were a new AFL ch- franchise known as the Boston Patriots. So it's been a lot of years, and Boston is going to be jumping that night, boy. You, you know, the uh, the Irish factor, the Subway alumni, BC, all of it, uh, all at Fenway Park. That That's a marquee game on, on, on this year's college football schedule, and... Uh, uh, so it's it's really looking forward to that. But you know, Boston's going to be you know front and center on the college football stage, which is not often the case. But that we that night they will be November twenty first for sure. Yeah, it will be an excellent uh, excellent game up there. Excellent atmosphere, I'm sure. But one of the things about Notre Dame, John, when you look at their schedule, they have to go to Clemson. Uh, and you know, Clemson is probably a favorite to win that ACC. And but they do play Georgia Tech and USC at home, and they have the season-ending trip to go to Stanford, which is always a difficult matchup. So those are some of the things that Notre Dame faces with their schedule. Well, exactly, and you know they always have a tough schedule, and this year is uh, no different. And just to round it out with the top five, the veritable, veritable team on the bubble is, of course, the team you cover, Alabama. We just both said that we were, you know, mildly surprised to see both Auburn and Notre Dame in the Final Four. Not so much with TCU, but, you know, along those lines, surprised not to see Alabama picked for the Final Four. But yet they are picked at number five. Uh, What are your thoughts on the team that you cover? Yeah, I think, John, this year you're going to see the defense play much better, I believe. I think that front seven is going to be pretty strong. They got quite a few defensive linemen they could interchange, which you need to uh, keep up with these hurry up, no huddle offenses. I think the secondary will, their technique will be better. They have a new defensive coach, no, no Tucker, he's, he's coaching the secondary. And they have a Heisen Trophy candidate in Derrick Henry, big powerful runner. And they have a collection of receivers that you know, they're not experienced, but they have talent. And then in the offensive line, I think, will be very good again. And they have a, an All-American type tight end, O.J. Howard. And they have a pretty good coach. They have a pretty good coach as well, yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> well, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see uh, the semifinal, Ohio State and Alabama, be this year's final, which will be in Phoenix, uh, second Monday of January, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, 
So, yeah, that would be, I believe, January 11th, Monday night in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, everything is pointing to that. It's going to be fun. And the semifinals this year are New Year's Eve with uh, the Orange Bowl in Miami and the Cotton Bowl in Dallas being the two hosts of the semifinal game. It's going to be interesting on New Year's Eve. But, AP, it's going to be great. I uh, can't wait, and uh, we've covered the top five, at least according to Sports Illustrated. And uh, before we take our break, let me just say that on the other side, uh, let's take a little time, you and I, after the break, to discuss the Football Writers Association of America, of which I am a member, released their 75th anniversary all-time college football team, And it was fascinating, to say the least. Lots of talk about there. So you and I will do that on the other side. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m eastern time on the voice america sports channel get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on twitter find us at voice america trn or twitter.com forward slash voice america trn You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the third and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby, and back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., you and I just completed our annual college football preview, talking about the five teams ranked uh, one through five by Sports Illustrated. Uh, But there was also an interesting uh, piece of information on college football that I found fascinating, which was the... Football Writers Association of America, of which I am a member, released their 75th anniversary team, their, quote, all-time team. And uh, it was really just uh, 
fascinating, to say the least. The one thing that just jumped out at me, being the homer that I am, was the moment I saw it came out, the name, first person I thought of and the person I was looking for was the greatest athlete in the history of my hometown of Altoona, Pennsylvania, who was really a college football legend, and that would be Mike Reed, defensive tackle for Penn State, Outland Trophy winner, who basically was just uh, a, a truly spectacular college player. No one would ever question that uh, back in 68-69 time frame. He was a fullback in high school. I watched him play countless times. And again, you know, just the minute I saw that this team had been announced, I instantly, just like I run to the mailbox to get the Sports Illustrated College Football Preview, I instantly called this up looking for Mike Reed, who again, you know, literally a household name and, you know, the pride and truly the pride and joy of Altoona, Pennsylvania, who, by the way, went on to a terrific career with the Cincinnati Bengals and then pulled a Barry Sanders where he retired after just a few years where he was just a tremendous player for the Bengals to become a concert pianist and one to protect his hands and he's now been winning Grammy and since then has won Grammys in country western Hollywood, Broadway so he's a legend in the music industry now too but a truly fascinating individual what do you, what do you think of Mike Reed being left off the list, I guess, is a good starting point, and I'm sure you have a lot of thoughts as well. Yeah, John, I, I was kind of surprised. I, I think I was surprised overall. There's only one Penn State player listed, and that's Jack Ham, linebacker. Yes, and without dominating the conversation, because I'm anxious for your thoughts, uh, that was the good news. I mean, the bad news, there's only one Penn State player, but the good news is Jack Ham went to Bishop McCord High School in Johnstown, Pennsylvania. Uh, I went to Bishop Guilfoyle High School in Altoona, Pennsylvania. So Altoona and Johnstown are about 40 miles apart, blue-collar western Pennsylvania towns, an Athens and Sparta rivalry, whether it be Altoona versus Johnstown High or Bishop Guilfoyle versus Bishop McCord, but Jack Ham, all-time legend from Bishop McCourt, all-time great at Penn State. I mean, if they're going to pick a Penn State player, aside from Mike Reed, Jack Ham is definitely my favorite player they could have picked. Uh, as I've said on this show to you before, when I covered the Pittsburgh Steelers in their last couple of Super Bowl era, Steel Curtain era Super Bowls, one of the great teams ever, Jack Ham was so good on that steel curtain defense that nobody even went to his side of the field for like the last couple of years of his career. And you really can't say that about hardly any football player on the planet ever. So I'm all in on Jack Ham, but uh, again, uh, truly the, just maybe the most consistent football player I've ever seen in my life, period. He didn't make a mistake ever. <laughs> yeah, he's very smart intelligent player, had tremendous instincts and in diagnosing plays, and he's, he's a fabulous linebacker, even in the pros, of course. But, uh, I, I was surprised. Uh, I think it the quarterback position, uh, Tommy, yeah, Tommy Frazier was the third team. Right. And Tebow was the, the, the second team, and Roger Staubach. I, 
I was surprised maybe somebody like John Elway didn't make the list. Let's say. All right, and let me throw out another name there. I was surprised that uh, I was thinking Doug Flutie. Another yeah. another name that you, you could you could throw in there as well. Sure, sure was. Exactly, just for the cachet part of it. Uh, but Tommy Frazier did win a couple national championships on one of the great teams ever. So you know, uh, I can see it. But uh, I'm anxious to get your thoughts on Alabama. Penn State only had one, but Alabama the team that you know so well and cover, uh, they had four. So uh, how did you feel about that, uh, both the number four and the selections? It, yeah, I mean, Leroy Jordan, uh, Barrett Jones, John Hanna, and Derek Thomas. Those are four pretty good football players from the University of Alabama. Uh, to me, out of all those four, um, the ones that stand out, I believe, would be John Hanna, and Derek Thomas, I mean, he was an incredible pass rusher. Like, I mean, I've told you many times this senior, he had 27 sacks, set the all-time record with 52 at 18 as a junior. And John Hanna, he's legendary lineman. And, of course, Leroy Jordan, as a linebacker, John, he had 31 tackles, if you can believe that, in the in the Orange Bowl against Oklahoma. Coach Final we said if they kept him between the lines, only way would get him. You know, so he, he's a fabulous player. And then Barrett Jones, he was All-American, I think, three different positions on the offensive line, center, guard, and tackle. So I, I think those four were the best best candidates for Alabama. Well, exactly. Uh, correct me, you know, off the top of my head, giving it a quick glance, Barrett Jones just played a couple years ago in that national championship game, correct? That's, that's correct. Yep. So... As I reviewed the list, I think he may be the most recent player to have been named to the first, second, or third team of this list. Uh, again, this is an unscientific study, but that's what that's what jumped out at me when I saw his name. I don't think yeah, there was anybody know, yeah. since him. Yeah. yeah, John, you know, I'm looking over that list myself right now. I think you're correct. Yeah, the uh, first thing I thought of was the minute I saw his name, which speaks volumes for him. It sure does. I mean, of all the players in the last five to ten years, he's, he's the most recent. In uh, the second behind that, maybe, is somebody like, what, Tim Tebow, I guess. Exactly. Tim Tebow was the second-team quarterback. Uh, and just for our listeners' sake, this is uh, this can be viewed at the Football Writers Association of America's website, which is appropriately sportswriters, one word, dot net. And, uh, you know, I talked about Penn State only having one, but let me move it to the other side, the other team that I grew up watching and going to games, which is Pitt. And Pitt had five players named. uh, And, uh, you know, truly all legends. I mean, Larry Fitzgerald, first-team receiver, Tony Dorsett. I went to every one of his home games the year they were undefeated national champions in 1976. Uh, Mike Ditka, Bill Fralick, both on these, uh, all, all, all three, Dorsett, Ditka, Fralick, all on the second team. And kind of weird, you know, the way I first thought of Mike Reed, an interior defensive lineman. My next thought, this is how great a player he was, especially in Western Pennsylvania, you know, was Bill Fralick. He just, he was like an all-timer. And then the last player named uh, was... 
you green. And I've told you this story before, but I was thrilled to see that because I had once voted for the Heisman Trophy. I was filling in at a newspaper, and it was Heisman voting week, and I ended up getting the envelope back in the day, and I voted for uh, you green to win the Heisman. He was also second team. And uh, let's see here, George Rogers won it, but, you know. Big names from Pitt, to say the least, and, and pretty impressive. Five guys, including four on the second team. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, John, I think looking over the schools, I would say what surprised me was on, on, the, on the plus side was Pitt having five and a school like Notre Dame having two. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, Again, I'm sure this is creating debate uh, throughout the nation. And one other one, you know, I, I just mentioned him. I might have been wrong about Barrett Jones because the other really fascinating pick to me, and I mentioned Doug Flutie not making it, but who did make it was Luke Keekley, uh, the defensive MVP from the Carolina Panthers, linebacker who uh, played at Boston College. I watched him play many times, and uh, he's – Basically, among the leaders, if not the all-time leader in simply number of tackles, which, you know, is really the name of the game if you come right down to it. Uh, a special player, likable player, but he, he may be, you know, he, he's basically the other recent player along with, of course, you know, Barrett Jones from Alabama. But the interesting pick there as well. It, it sure was. And, and then and Dominican Sue. On there too. Correct. I guess those are the, those are the recent ones, John, that that uh, we uh, have seen on this list. Yeah, he, but I would say yeah, have, not having Flutie on there and, and having Luke on there, that would be a surprise. And, and then you look at something like you know, let's let's say by conference, the Big Ten conference had the most at nineteen, and then you're thinking, well, maybe the SEC might be second. No, Atlantic Coast Conference with fifteen was the was the second, and Southeastern Conference was third with 13 and the big 12 with 10 and the Pac 12 with seven. So th- those numbers are kind of um, surprising. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Again, a, a real food for thought list. Uh, one thing I do agree with, you, you know, the first team quarterback as in the greatest quarterback in the history of college football, Roger Staubach. I personally am all in on that. Uh, they used to play the army Navy game in Philadelphia, not far from my Pennsylvania home back when it was the biggest game every year. Roger Staubach, you could easily make the case, is the, the, the best, but certainly probably the most famous quarterback ever. When you factor in, played for Navy, led him to the national championship game, his role around you know the Army-Navy game with the, you know, the assassination of JFK. I mean, he was scheduled to be the cover of Life magazine, which was as big as it got in 1963. But, of course, the cover was pulled because JFK was assassinated. They moved, I believe, the Army-Navy game. They even talked about calling it off, but the Kennedy family wanted it played. I mean, a a historic figure by any and all standards is Roger Staubach. So I actually love that choice. Yeah, no, he was an excellent choice. He was a fabulous player and uh, it's a great pro career, so no, I have no dispute with that, with having him as a quarterback. Well, exactly, and we're down under two minutes, so, you know, again, it's can't go through the entire list, but I'm just going to throw out, you know, 
a couple last minute names so everybody you know can just hear what we're talking about i mean running first team running backs archie griffin herschel walker you know wide receiver jerry rice uh <laughs> you know first team defense uh ted hendricks tommy nobis uh Derek Thomas, who you mentioned, Jack Tatum, I mean, Deion Sanders, you know, second team, uh, Barry Sanders, Randy Moss, um, you know, second team defense, Randy White, uh, Bruce Smith, Brian Bosworth, Dick Butkus, Champ Bailey, Ed Reed, third team, uh, Bo Jackson, you know, you're you're talking good players when Bo Jackson's third team anything, uh, you know. I know. Uh, Bubba Smith, third uh, team. Reggie White, uh, Jack Youngblood, uh, Chris Spielman, truly. And, and then finally, you know, Troy Palomalu. Um, so, you know, just that's just a quick, quick flavor. It's really a cool list, really worth seeing. I don't want to sound like I'm complaining because I just loved reading it. And you and I could easily do an entire show on this, if not two shows, on this alone. It was good stuff. Yeah, John, I bet we could sit here and pick apart, you know, and shift guys from one team to another. And, and even after we did it, we'd probably still second-guess ourselves. <laughs> Absolutely. The, the, this is one you could just go on and on. Again, I'm a member of FWAA, so, you know, I applaud the fact that it got done. Uh, you know, it just really brought up so many memories seeing all those names, to say the least. And I'm sure it did the same for you, AP. Yeah, sure. I love I love reading these types of uh, lists and going over all these memories in my mind of all these different players, and they're all fabulous in their own right. Absolutely. Well, I guess that means season seventy six is just about upon us, and I'm sure it'll be special as everyone always is. Again, this is one of my favorite shows of the year, and thank you for all your expertise, AP. My pleasure, John. Thank you very much. All right, and as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.